The Corey NFC podcast is kindly sponsored by Radio Taxis. Give them a call, 70353 709. They know the score. Hi, welcome along once again to uh, the official Korean FC podcast. Another week uh, has come and gone and another two games for, for Korean FC. Uh, one in the league on Saturday and one in the Northwest Cup on Tuesday evening. Um, as ever, I am joined by my sidekick, uh, Johnny McNabb, Mr. Korean himself, uh, never misses a game. Johnny Let's look, first of all, I suppose, back at Saturday, the weekend. Um, Corian lost 1-0 away at the Oval <clears throat> against Glentorn. Fair to say that it was a relatively pretty tight game and maybe that one goal was always going to be the, the outcome. Yeah, I thought that probably after the 25-minute mark, uh, to be honest. I thought it was, I'm not just saying it's because we were beat, I thought it was really a poor game. Like if you're there as a general, I don't think you'd have really, really enjoyed it. Um <laughs> To be fair, I thought the Glens probably had the better chances in the first half. It, it probably felt if one team was going to break the deadlock, it was going to be the Glens. And and yeah, look, we, we didn't have a shot on target, but with that, you know, making a problem, probably as two, then on another day he sticks in, into the back of the net. So I think I think if we got a draw, I don't think many would have begrudged the draw, to be honest. Uh, but we definitely did do enough to, to win. And but the Glens are going to concede at one goal this season, so and it probably showed why they're they're very resolute at the back, um, and you don't get much change off them. You mentioned, and obviously it wasn't a great spectacle, and I would agree with that. But that said, Johnny, as well, and, and probably Oren's comments after the game would reflect that as well. You know, for large parts of that game, up until Glen Torren scored, you could almost describe it as a textbook away performance against the league leaders as they were at that stage, insofar as that they restricted Glen Torren to very little chances. I mean... I can't remember Jay Donnelly, Shea McCartan, Conor McMenamin really figuring in the game much at all. And from that point of view, Corey and uh, their approach to the game had worked. And ironically, it was from a Corey and chance at one end that Corey or Glenn Torn broke away and actually got the goal. If Lee Lynch hits his past the probably with two miles an hour more pace, um, the goal doesn't happen. And but it's fine, it's fine margins in, in football. And and yeah, look, we, we restricted Glenthorn to very little. McMenamin had a shot in the first half, and that was really it. And then obviously the goal comes from Jay Donnelly getting a shot save. Marty makes a great save. And just unfortunately for us, McMenamin was, was in the, the right place at the wrong time for, for us. Um and yeah, look, there wasn't much in the game, uh, to be perfectly honest. It was two good teams, I thought, going going at it in a per spectacle, probably. Uh, but you get games like that, um, you know, we, we can't go to teams like Glintorn and go gung-ho for it and play two up front and attack them and stuff because they have too much quality um, for that there. So, yeah, look, we just have to let our wounds um, and, and hopefully we can we can get back to winning ways soon. And obviously, just with a nod to Tuesday night's Northwest Cup game as well, we expect it to be quite a few changes within the team given the fact that we have a weekend game. Uh, and that was the case, I think, I read your report on the website. I seven debutants. Am I right in saying? Yeah, there was um five five debutants started. Um, I was probably surprised with how nearly how strong one went. I suppose if you play, if you factor in Orange Jarvis and McCrudden and, and Kendra and James started, um, and Jack O'Mahony played as well. So those five guys filtered in. And then you'd like to look at Dogberry there, and then a, a totally a full back four and, and Billy and that. So yeah, again, um. 
really, really good the first 70 minutes. Uh, Connor's hat-trick. The highlights are going up later this evening. Um, we can see his second goal. Unbelievable. Um, so we went 3-0 up and looked home and dry. But I think when the experience has went off, the young lads probably got a wee bit more tired. Um, and Institute scored two quick-fire goals. And you're sitting there thinking, let's go to extra time. But um, no, thankfully, they held on. They, they deserved it. Um, you know, seven... Competitive debuts, yes, it's it's the Northwest Cup and, and it probably isn't the, the top of our agenda, but still, uh, those guys have to start at some point and and you know it'd be great, you know the families and all we're there, we see a really good crowd at. I think it was over two hundred fifty at the match, and I've never heard that for a Northwest Cup tie. So here's hoping they can get a home a home draw uh, in the next round and, and see if they can get the final. Brilliant. Um, so a three week or three game week, I should say, Saturday, Tuesday, and a game again on Friday night. Uh, when Newry City, newly promoted Newry City, are the visitors to the showgrounds. Uh, and with that in mind, we, we decided we would ask an old friend of, of yours, Johnny and myself, uh, onto the programme this evening. Gareth McCulloch, long-time Newry City fan, and I think downtown Cool FM presenter now, Gareth, is that your official title? Uh, oh, well, uh, news and sports reporter. I haven't quite reached the, the, the high echelons of uh, presenting, but I appreciate the promotion, Damon. I, well, I'm trying to do your career a favour here, Gareth, so just take it when it comes. So um, we're, we're looking ahead. Thanks very much, first of all, Gareth, for, for joining us. Um, as I said at the start of the, the introduction there for you, you're a long-standing Newry City supporter. I mean, how long have you been following the club, Gareth? Well, I know I look younger, but I'm 40 years old at the minute. Uh, at the minute. It's soon to be 41. Uh, you look younger than Johnny. Well, that's the start. Well, like I mean, that be well. We'll not get into all that. I don't want. I don't want to start. I don't want to start on a, on a slippery foot here by slagging off Johnny, uh, as you say, a long time friend. Um. So yeah, since I was five years old, Damon. Um. I suppose and I, I was probably down the club when I was younger. Um. You know, it's a family tradition. Dad's been supporting them for. He's 75 now, he's probably been supporting them since about the same age, since about 70 years. Magranda was the chairman. Magranda did the deal for Pat Jennings to go from Newry to Watford back in the 60s. Um, so it's a family tradition. I mean, the photo that you put up on, on, on Twitter is uh, seven McCulloughs, which scares a lot of people, to be fair. Um, you know, having seven people from that family all in one photo when we won the championship. So, yeah, it's one of those things. It's like most Irish League fans. This is the good thing about Irish League. Um, you know, we're sort of born into it. You support your local team, and you know, which is to me the the biggest positive, I suppose, about the league. You know, and that's very similar, Johnny, to yourself, because I know that your family, your father, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, would have taken you to games when you were no age, and that instilled the love of the club, and it, it just seeps into your into your pores, doesn't it? Yeah, that's it. It's a labour of love, isn't it? You just get sick. <laughs> you just go, and then you're 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 sickened by it by, by the end of it. Um, yeah, great grandfather was cheering of Corey, and then um, my dad started taking me to games when I was two. Um, so that's my birthday on Friday, so that'll be twenty six years watching Corey. And so, yeah, um, crazy. Um, just flies in. To be fair, there's the ups and the downs, but you wouldn't have it any other way. And, you know, we always speak about it, so you meet the same people on the Saturday in the same spot and have the same conversations, but it means a lot to I mean, local football means, means a lot to people, and I'm sure it's a, it's a day out of it. It does, and I mean, following Korean, I suppose, is, is one thing, given their their history and their background, and, and Gareth, I'm not being disparaging or anything, but following Yuri City, maybe slightly different insofar as that difficult times, more recent times as well, and it really is, I suppose, credit to anybody that's, that follows them. But I, I get the sense that it's almost like they're 
their new supporters joining Newry City all the time, and it seems to be even in particularly the last couple of years, things have really taken off there. Yeah, I think one thing I've said since the club sort of formed in their present guise as Newry City AFC in 2013, obviously after the financial um, issues that we had. Um, it doesn't matter what level of football you're playing at. Yes, don't get me wrong, if you're playing the Premiership, you're going to get more people coming along. But if you're winning games at any level, supporters will will come back. And we found that particularly in the second half of last season, um, even though the club probably stumbled over the line a little bit um, in terms of winning the championship. Um, I mean, the final day where we still had to get a result. Now, as it transpired, and I got absolutely annihilated. So we didn't actually have the final result. But, but that day at the showgrounds was, I mean, there was probably 1,500 to 2,000 people there. And for a championship game, to be quite frank, that's unheard of. Uh, and the, the atmosphere itself, you know, after the players lifted the trophy, Niffle were very careful about making sure that, you know, no supporters came on the pitch until after they had cleared all the hoardings away. And they literally, I was standing on the pitch. I was one of the select few that was allowed on for whatever reason, I don't know. But they, they opened the gates um, from the stands and they literally looked around and there was hundreds and hundreds of particularly kids just running onto the pitch to celebrate with the, the players. And that, to me, as somebody who's gone through that um, in terms of supporting the club from that age, maybe not having seen the success, for those kids, maybe they might, that might have been their first time down for quite a lot of them. And they're coming up and supporting with the player or celebrating with the players and the players are chatting away to them. And stuff like that is how you grow your support base. And, you know, we do have a lot of sort of... Uh, I suppose a lot of all the things that you know is particularly big GEA area. So, um, you know, we're sort of not battling against it because we have a good association with with the GEA in the area. But, you know, there's always something to take somebody else's mind off it, um, and maybe take their sort of I suppose their their, their money elsewhere if you like or their support elsewhere. So, we're starting to see that get get grow. You know, obviously with a massive attendance for the Linfield game earlier earlier in the season and. There were more home supporters than there were away supporters, which we didn't think would be the case. Um, so from that aspect, yeah, it's going well. You know, it does rely on results in the pitch. It's great when the Premiership, but it does rely on results in the pitch. I was going to, like, one of the things you just said there was what we'd referenced, the fact that being an Irish League supporter, that you can talk to the players, you can come onto the field and you know the players. And I was just going to ask, in terms of that support, would you see it mainly coming from the city of Newry City or from outlying areas? Because I know Korean, for example, they have a good mixture of from the town centre. Mm. And then you've got Garva, Kilray, Lamavadi, Posture. But, like, you know, you've got all those areas. And I know from Newry City's players, you've got some of the guys from some of the outlying areas out around Newry. You've got obviously Jamie Clark, maybe talk about him later, and Bally Holland, I think John McGovern as well. So do you see that support's coming from all those areas? Yeah, 100%. Um, I mean, you have your hardcore, you know, support that have been there the whole time from from in and around the city or, you know, it's like I'm, I'm maybe two miles, three miles from the ground. I mean, the opposite side of the town, but um, you, particularly your reference there, Ballyholland, where John McGovern's from, you, you know, traditionally, it's also where Darren Mullen's from, um, slightly, slightly outside the, the, the town. I'm not going to, I'm not going to refuse to call it the city because, <laughs> you know, I know it's his official title, but listen, we, we have to be honest here. Um, but, you know, over the last couple of years since John signed in particular, I mean, there's been like a Ballyholland supporters club that have their own flag and it's, it's lads that maybe even grew up around the same age as John or maybe a couple of years younger and they're coming through Ballyhone GEA Club and looking up to John as, as somebody who they almost idolised to an extent 
and they're coming down and supporting the club and they get into it, they get into it on social media, um, you know, on the forums, they're go to go home and away, things like that. Cross, you know, Cross McGlenn, you touched on Jamie Clark, James Taylor, guys like that. We have we have we get quite a few actually when matches don't clash coming up from Dundalk as well. Um that and that has been a case over the last few years. So, you know, we think Dundalk's only 13 miles down the road. And so the catchment area is reasonably big. You, know, you obviously rule out the likes of you know Warren Point twenty five miles up the road and they have their own club and their own team. And there are a lot of links and a lot of people who have, you know, a lot of Warren Point ones come down to watch us, but you know, wouldn't maybe class themselves as supporters, but look them down to watch the matches if it don't clash with point games. So yeah, we are seeing that sort of gradual increase in people from outside the town. And you know, you can only welcome that because you know Every club wants and needs the support that that they can get. I mean, maybe if you look at the likes here, your Linfield, your Glentorn, your Cliftonville, they have that traditional support right from their areas. That that isn't going to change. For the likes of you know certainly ourselves, um, you do rely on those people and bringing in new supporters. We're actually doing a supporter survey at the minute to see what would improve their match day experience and how long they've been going. And even some of the initial responses that we've seen coming back are people that have maybe only started supporting the club over the last couple of years. A high percentage of them. A high, high percentage of the people that have responded that in itself is positive because you're going well they've gotten bored and they've stayed there and they enjoy it you know so you know darren uh, that's what i like about sort of darren mullen and the, and the players and that they understand that you know it's not just about you know the the 20 old boys that are maybe been standing there for 50 years as it's, it's it's as much a part for them as it is about bringing in encouraging new supporters and making them feel part of it and that's really even since the club reformed that's been massive. We've got more embedded in the community, but over the last two to three years, probably after the COVID season that, that never was in the championship, it's really just people were starving for football. Nuri had it at the right time where they started playing well, started being successful and the crowds flocked in. So as long may continue, but as I say, you know, if we, um, if we go and get humped on Friday night, you, know, you might not see people down. You're, you're only as good as your last result. But I mean, Johnny, yeah. that's that that probably rings true for you because you're embedded in the club and you do a lot of the social media and the media. And you know, I happened to notice one of the recent games is like the Oma Town Korean Supporters Club now in the back of Jamie Clark or Jamie Clark, Jamie Glagan. Um, and when Skinner was at the club, you know, obviously it was very similar. You had guys coming from maybe a traditional GAA background. And coming to watch Skinner primarily, but then not falling in love with the club, but starting to follow the club. And I mean, it's very similar, uh, Johnny, for for the provincial clubs like Korean and Uri City. I think I think it's the fact that the provincial clubs, you say, are they're they're well treated. The players and the families are, are well treated by you know by, by everyone at the club. And I remember Curtis Allen's family; they used to come up, and they used to stay up nearly the whole weekend. Uh, I think his brother, I don't think, ever left the social club, so he must have had a he was had a great time um, as well. And, I know in Garth Dean, I think Garth Dean has a house in Port Stewart as well, or a family house, so I think the family come up on, at the weekend too. And, right. and yeah, when the weather's nice, the North Coast is a lovely part of the world, um, as is down in area in the mornings and all that. So yeah, look, it, it's, you know, the fan base from Korean, you hear all different voices, Lama Valley, and from Lama Valley, they, they Bally Castle and the Balmoney accent and Bushmills and all that. So yeah, look, it's that's what makes a club, and it's the, the fans don't necessarily just have to, have to live in the Bally Castle Road, they're, they're, they're from all over. We're talking. We're talking about fans. I mean, Garth. Friday, we'll, we'll turn to the game on Friday night. Uh, Korean home to Newry City, and I suppose with the greatest will in the world, it'll be the diehards that will travel from Newry City to Korean showgrounds on Friday. Given that you're looking at of what an hour and a half, two hour uh, trek, possibly. Yeah. And the game, the game, and of course the game has been streamed on the BBC. 
Yeah, I mean, it'll probably, in terms of the bus, in terms of the timing of the game, I mean, I know the supporters' buses are leaving at sort of quarter past five, um, so you're coming through rush hour traffic. Um, in terms of, the, the odd thing I found in terms of the live stream games, um, particularly when we're going away from home, now obviously we haven't had one of these in, in, in a while, you know, they had the home game against Linfield, but in terms of the away games, it's almost as if the supporters make an extra effort to go, right, well, we don't want to be showing up on TV and having no support, you know, and you want to go and create a bit of an atmosphere and things like that. So I know that, you know, we generally bring a, a you know, a, a a big full coach to the H games, uh, H way game in terms of supporters, and then you have lots of people traveling cars and stuff. So I know that's pretty full at the moment, and you will get, you know, you may be a hundred, you may be a hundred there, but there'll be there'll be a, a rowdy hundred. You know what I mean in terms of making noise and singing the whole way through the game. Um, Friday night games, you know. I personally I love Friday night games. Um, I think they they add they add the atmosphere. Um, yeah, we might not be getting home to the the late or the after midnight. I'm sure, but you know, it's still you're sitting talking the whole way home and talking, discussing the match and analysing it. And you've got all the you know all the experts after a couple of beers. You know, are are, are certainly uh thinking they're more experts than they really are, and uh, myself included in that. Um, but you know, so I do. Th- yes, you're right to an extent in terms of diehards, but I suppose. The best way of putting it is that diehard sort of core, if you like, is growing. You know, so you have, I mean, even there's a wee, wee WhatsApp group, and there's even lads that are going down that have maybe only been supporting the club for eighteen months or two years, and they're down tidying up around the ground and doing a bit of maintenance work and things like that. And they're just doing it off their own bat and stuff like that, just because they've got so involved in it now. It's it's their life. You know what I mean? And that to me is. It's, it's a, because I've been like that for pretty much my whole life, and you, Johnny, being the same for with Rain, you'd sort of you love seeing other people not taking on the mantle because I was wasn't very good at maintenance, so I wasn't doing any, any of that. But in terms of actually going down and going, well, what's my priority on a Wednesday night? Well, I'm gonna go down, but I'll maybe go down and watch a bit of training, but I'll do a bit round the ground as well, you know. And, and that's that's sort of key. We things like that you notice and things really positive. So you see all those readies there on Friday night, you know, talking rubbish and you know, yes, they'll care about the result. Well, it well, it, it'll, it'll not ruin their enjoyment, you know. No, it won't. It'll maybe temper their weekend slightly, but I mean, Johnny, we've been there, you and I, like we've been to Newry on a Friday night and we've been to. Shamrock or down to Dublin for the Satanic Cup games and midweek game. And Gareth, it's a it's a good point Gareth makes. It's almost a point that of of pride that you you want to show your club and you don't want to be going or not going and the terraces to be lying empty on TV. And we've all been there, haven't we? I think our first Sky game was way down in your on a on a, it was like a Friday or a Monday night and we took down a decent crowd and I think the pitch was nearly played off. It was, it was a bad weather and. And yeah, I think we, we took down a decent crowd. And I think whenever we are in Sky, away from home, we always seem to bring in a decent crowd. Um, we've always been away to Crusaders in Sky for some reason. And we like packing them away and, you know, just behind the goal. So, yeah, look, as well as that, Nuri uh, haven't been in the league now for maybe two or three years now. We're looking forward to trip up to the North Coast. Maybe a few might make a weekend of it. They, they might not. And I'm sure when they start drinking, there'll be a few beer at five o'clock. It'll not take too long to make a bit of noise. So, um, especially if there's bad traffic. So yeah, look, I'm sure they'll be, you know, they were their their fans, you know, travelled um to maybe less and nice grounds around the championship and this is just rewards, you know, going to Windsor or going to the showground, solitude, see you wherever it may be. So yeah, look, I'm, I'm sure they'll be they'll be looking forward to it. And and for some for some sorry for some of the new fans it'll maybe be their first visit to somewhere like the showgrounds. Yeah, hundred percent. They'll, they'll be thinking they went to the other side of the world to be on a bus for that long. <laughs> they'll be back home by Monday. Um, but no, look at you know it's 
you know, we, we're lucky in the media that we, we get they get the most games and see most grounds and stuff. And I'm sure for the new Newry fans that, you know, the last two or three years they, they've been used to success and and yeah, they'll be back up in, in the big time and I'm hoping they, they take more points. You know, they've a good start, they beat Glenavon away. Um we can't beat Glenavon, so what's the wonder what the magic formula is? And obviously they'd uh, <laughs> at home, I think they love feeling crusaders as well, and a good one against Dungannon. So, you know, they'll be they'll, they'll be they'll be full of confidence anyway. Just a, a funny story there, Johnny. Just a reference back to that game you talked about. Uh, Coleraine's first game and uh, live game away in Sky, and it was Nuri's first home game. And I actually took a half day off work because it had lashed rain for about forty eight hours beforehand. And they were basically calling volunteers to come down and fork the pitch um, for like from two o'clock that afternoon. So uh, about an hour, less than an hour before kickoff, Alan Black was the referee. You always remember this. And I was in the middle of the pitch forking it down. Fans are starting to come in, still raining. The Sky producer, who you still see if you notice Premier League matches, he sits in between the dugouts. Um, you'd recognise his face. He was walking around behind Alan Black Alan Black ro- rolls the ball, it rolls about three yards, and he's just going, No, nah, this game's off, lads. You can't be playing this game. I think I see it the players. And the Sky producer just goes right as he was beside me. He says, No, I think you'll find this game is going on. And he goes, Referee goes, No, 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 it's not like you know, like the ball's not rolling. No, no, you're not listening to me. Uh, this game's going on. But Sky were panicking because there's nothing else to fill the two hours. Because that was when they did the full coverage, you know, the whole package and our preview show and half an hour afterwards. And um, yeah, the game should never have been played. Dar- Darren Cassidy, I remember, I think scored at least one. I think that night for for uh, Coleraine and um, then signed for us not not long not long afterwards. I do believe. So anyhow, um, <clears throat> well, hopefully, fingers crossed, no such problems with the pitches because obviously now I would hope not. Pardon. <laughs> I would hope not. <laughs> I hope not. Not with the new 4G pitch. But in terms of, we look at the game. I mean, supporters are one thing and all the rest. But Nuria coming, and Johnny mentioned Gareth, that Nuria have had a very, very good, positive start to the season. Obviously, the big win against Glenavon really made people sit up and take notice, I think, 5 1. And then back that up with arguably or similarly as big a result against Dungannon because. I think Darren maybe himself was saying maybe like one of those like to use the real cliche like a six pointer you know what I mean it's one of those games. Um, you're in and about the club. Are Newry where they would expect it or target it to be after six games? Um, I think I suppose to put it in context. Um, pre-season wise, um, outside coming into the first game of pre-season. Um, or certainly, sorry, not the first game of the season, maybe maybe overlapping with the last game or two of pre-season. I would say the mood around the place from supporters anyway was pretty negative. Um, maybe we were complaining we hadn't signed enough players or, or the quality of player wasn't good enough. You know, football fans are fickle, as we all know. Um, you know, it was sort of judging people before they'd really got a chance to look at them. Um, Darren was sort of regularly in the media saying, you know, we find it difficult to to attract players. I mean, I know there's two players that are currently starring for Carrick that I know as far as we where we spoke to. And, you know, you're looking at Carrick as obviously being one of your rivals. But, you know, it's all come, all comes down to money and location and things like that. Um, so I think then, you know, Thomas Lockhart scores that one from 40 yards after about 15 minutes of the first game of the season. And, you know, it sort of, 
even though we lost that game, sort of all these negative thoughts are completely dispelled, you know, and, and it's weird. And that's just shows how fickle football fans are. Um, you know, your next one's your home game against Linfield. And, you know, whilst they put out, you know, I suppose in inverted commas, a weak inside, um, and, you know, their second string would probably, you know, challenge for the title on its own. Um, we competed well, but it was getting to the stage even after those first two games where, it was, and I think, I think the crusade was the Crusaders game. Yeah, the Crusaders game was after that, and we we should have been out of sight at half time and conceded two goals. We won that up at half time, conceded two goals, and you're sort of thinking, ah, same old story. This is sort of happening again. You know, you're getting punished for mistakes that you wouldn't have got punished for in the championship, and it was a case of plucky Nuri. You know, oh, you've you've performed well and you've 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 done fine this season, but you know the results will come. And even after those first three games, you were sort of getting fed up with, it. and you know Darren was getting fed up with it because it was just, you know, that's no use. I don't want we don't want plaudits. The thing about the Glenavon game that was obviously the Tuesday after the Crusaders game. Um, Newry were as good as Glenavon were bad. Um, if this sort of myth then came out about Newry this brilliant counter attacking team, um. The first three goals were nothing to do with counter-attack and the first three goals just completely ripped them apart and don't have them all over the place. When you're 3-0 up after 15 minutes, it then enables you to sit back and counter-attack for the rest of the game and they just picked them off. They had to weather a wee bit of a storm, picked them off. So it's sort of then, it's an easy sort of cliche to put across, particularly when you've got the pace of like John McGovern, Lorgan Ford, uh, James Taylor up front. Um, but the thing I liked about, and I said this to Darren after the Dungannon win on Friday night, the two wins they had this season were completely opposite to one another. You know, the the, the Glavin game, I suppose, if you want to term it, is maybe you know, sort of swashbuckling football, if you want to go that far. The Glavin game wasn't a particularly good game. Or sorry, the Glavin game, sorry, wasn't a particularly good game. Um, it was scrappy. It was two sides that, you know, were maybe cancelling each other out a wee bit. Both the chances, but nothing. Wasn't a whole lot of great football. Lorcan Ford was miles ahead of anybody in the pitch. There wasn't even anybody close to him. Um, so it was probably worthy that he scored the goal. Um, but it showed how you can grind, you can, you can grind out a win, and grind out a win against a team that you know. Let's be honest, the games against the likes of Dungannon, Portadown, uh, you Carrick, maybe uh, Ballymena, possibly Glavin, possibly those are the games that are going to define your season. The Linfield, the Torn, Cliftonville, Coleraine, to an extent, aren't necessarily going to define your season. Flip side of that is that you you want to make sure that you're not just going oh, well, it's just a free hit. You know what I mean? I think the one thing Darren Darren will say and probably has said already, and it's, <laughs> cliches are there for a reason. But you know, to use another one, I mean, Yuri aren't scared of going out and playing against anybody, and they're not gonna they're not set back and just sort of shut up shop because I don't think they know how to play that way. Um, they, they like to play on the front foot. They'd rather sort of give teams something something to think about. If you get beaten two or three nil by actually playing your own football, then I think you know they'll do it. So that's why. I think Friday night's a very interesting fixture because I look at Korean as being markedly improved in the last season. Some of the signings I made, I think, have been brilliant, particularly. I mean, I, I've always loved Lee Lynch as a player. I've always thought Matthew Shevlin, I was surprised that Linfield never let him go back in the day. He's grown into a proper premiership striker and he's given a ton of players around that I could go on all day and list them. So it's a good, it's another good mark. Every game from Yuri now is a marker. Of going right, well, how far have we progressed? How actual capable, how capable are we? Um, and there will be games where you have to go right, well, look, we're maybe not going to get anything out of this, but I think this is a game that sort of taters on the margin where you know 
if you come away and you get beaten, you go, well, we're playing against a really good side away from home or Friday night and it's a long journey, etc., etc., etc. But if you win or if you get a result, you'd be going, mm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, sort of not, 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 not expecting it, but, but capable of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I a hundred percent get what you're saying because you know, I know from, from previous times, Darren, and he's a very positive guy and there's no reason why they, they should come up and fear anybody. And it's, it's true also that, Sometimes newly promoted teams, there will be a, an element of patronising going on. And it's like, you know, you said plucky and Yuri and, you know, all this. And people do that and, and teams would do that at their peril because if you don't treat them with the proper respect, then it can backfire on you. And Johnny, Oren mentioned on Saturday, the time that after we lost our first game, the players responded very well with a positive performance and a win. And he's looking for the same this week. But again, it's a difficult game on paper as well because to anybody that's looking in from the outside, they'll look at it and see that's a game that Korean should win comfortably. But as we all know, football doesn't work that way. And if you're not at your best, teams like Nuri will come up and we'll get a result. I can't remember the last time we had a really easy game in the league. And I'm, I'm not just saying that. You know, For example, Warren Point got relegated really last year and... Apart from the away game, we struggled to beat them, especially at home because there were two, a couple of two ones there, and as well. So I'm, I'm genuinely expecting a really, really tight game. I don't think really much in it. Um, you know, when you're to come up here, nice pitch, uh, and everyone else is looking to lay down another marker. And you know, they were narrowly beaten by both Flimfield and, and Crusaders um, as well, and they beat Glenavon as I said earlier. So and they then surely come in the back of a, of a good win against Dungannon. So you know, they'll be they'll be they'll be looking to the the because not not even upset. They'll just be looking to get another one um on, on, on the board and you know they, they beat us at the showgrounds the last time I think we were up here one 0 on a on a BBC game on a Friday night which isn't a good omen so that's that that still hurts doesn't it? Uh it does hurt. Uh, I remember Gareth was in the press box with me and I, I, I still take a headache for the amount of cheering he done. So uh here's hoping here's hoping there's here's hoping there's no cheering that this time round but no look um it definitely will be an, an easy game that's for sure. I have to ask you, Gareth, just before we, we pass on the, on the games that Newry have played, uh, the game against Dungannon, I think uh, as much about the, the, the nature of the winning goal as about anything else. And now that we have you on, I mean, w- what was your take on it? Because I think plenty of column inches were written about what transpired. I mean, you're obviously a vested interest from a Newry point of view, but um, you know, just interested to get your opinions on it. Um. <laughs> I can right. I'll try and play devil's advocate here, um, and try and take my bias out of it as much as humanly possible. Um, if I'm Dean Shields, I can understand why he's annoyed. Absolutely. If it happened the other way, I always try and whether it's a penalty incident, whether it's a, a foul in a game, I always try and say, you know, if that had, if that had been on the other, should have been the other foot, you know, would I have been annoyed? More often than not, you can you can understand the manager's annoyance. Um. <clears throat> I think where things come unstuck a wee bit for Dean were where you know his post match his post match interviews um both on BBC and then on, on Dungallon's YouTube. Um I, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and think say he hadn't seen it again. Um he said you know, so the ball just for anybody that hasn't seen it, just to put it in context, um Thomas Lockhart, Newry player, goes down injured on the edge of the Dungannon box um as the ball's been cleared. Um, no, not a head injury. So I think that the problem arises is that Raymond Crangle stops play when he has no need to stop play. It was not a head injury. Um, players play on, balls cleared out. 
the Montgomery heads it back towards goal, but we're still, I think Philip Donnelly picks it up back to goal, maybe about 30, 35 yards out. Then Raymond Crangle blows the whistle. Um, so after a bit of conversation, and it seemed to be quite a long conversation between Dungannon players, Newry players, and the referee, he drops the ball down. Newry were in possession. I know from speaking to the players that he said, play the ball backwards. Now, there is one, like, there's not a rule to say you have to play it backwards for a start, but if you're talking about in the spirit of the game, which seems to be have been talked about a lot, how far do you play it backwards? Newry played it back to. 15 yards further back than where they had the ball. Now, Dale Montgomery spots James Taylor making a run down the right, pings the ball over the top, and there's still an awful lot of work to do. James Taylor turns Michael Ruddy inside out, pulls it across, keeper pushes it out, Logan Ford scores. Now, Dane's argument was that his players weren't set. And you're going, okay, that's fair enough. The reason his players weren't set has nothing to do with Nuri or it's nothing to do with the referee. The reason his players weren't set are because his players weren't set and they weren't organised and they weren't, you know, it happens and I would fully expect it to happen the other way. And, you know, yeah, your players aren't set, but it's up to your players to be switched on. Um, but then, then come out and said, you know, five or six seconds after the ball's dropped, it's in the back of the net. It's 18 seconds for a start. There's, Ironically, the four players that were involved in the goal are all ex Dungannon players, which might have might have irked irked them a, l- a little bit. Um, but, it certainly wouldn't have helped, I'm sure. No, it, it certainly wouldn't have helped. And look, you know, I, I don't want to have a, have a pile on on Dean Shields here because I think he, he he's made his own he's made his own points. I disagree with him, and going by social media, you know, pretty much ninety nine percent of everybody else disagrees with him too. The goal in, in itself, yes, there's so much conjecture about it. Um, you know, because we always like to comment in a bit of controversy and then there's a social media pile on. Um, to me, from Yuri's perspective, I was actually quite surprised that the the balls played out that quickly um, out of the wing as James Taylor because I've never seen Yuri as a club, and this is over the years, not just this current team, that have that sort of little bit of, you know, cleverness, a little bit of nice, you know, to, to do something like that, where I've seen other teams would, would do it and then we'd be left complaining and do you don't have a leg to stand on. Um, so I think Dean got a bit carried away and then he asked, he, he said they couldn't understand why they didn't let us go down the pitch and score and he's just like, you know, it, it's it's a complete nonsense. I understand, like, show me, show me a manager blaming everything and everyone and I'll show you a manager under pressure. Lost his first like six games of the season. Lost a game to his, um, you know, one of their probably biggest rivals for for staying up in the league. So, big win for Nuri. Understand by Dean's annoyed. You know, uh, I can only go by other other club supporters who have watched it and seem to have the same opinion. So, you know, one of those things. Uh, the ironic thing is about fifteen minutes later, one of the Nuri players went down with a head injury uh, on the edge of Nuri's box, and Nuri keeper of the ball didn't have to throw it out, but threw it out anyway. So uh, Dane runs down the line and tells whoever it was to launch a long throw into the box, uh, which they did right under the in between the penalty spot and the six yard box. So can't have it both ways. Do you know what I mean? Just because they didn't make something of it, <laughs> you know what I mean? I know. Yeah. So it's one of it's one of them ones that if it goes in your favour, you take it. I mean, that's just the the bottom line. As long as, as the referee allowed it, which is the bottom line for me. You know, at the end of the day, it's the officials, they make the calls. The referee didn't see anything wrong with it. The goal was allowed to stand. That's it, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, Johnny, do you have an opinion on it? I mean, it's still being talked about, isn't it? There's nothing wrong with that goal. I think I think Dean should be taking his anger to the Gannon's back four. 
<laughs> I must have think they just switched off and it's as simple as that. And the ball's replayed, it's reset, it's time to go. And obviously the, the left back, I think it was Ruddy, get ripped inside out, to be honest, and the ball comes in and it's a goal. So if he switches on and and if he you know, if he's positioned right, um, you know, you played the whistle and that's it, and they didn't, and the ball came in, goal. And, and yeah, look, they'll they'll learn from that. I think, you know, if if the same happened, I think McGann would probably clear it the next time it happens. And it just happened to be that you know you could beat one 0 and they didn't score, but yeah, there, there's there's nothing wrong with, with that goal. It's an and 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 in, in the bigger picture, that three points could be massive, couldn't it? Come the end of the season, given the fact that Gareth has alluded to Nuri Dungannon may may not be around the same part of the table come the end of the season. Could be a massive three points. It, it could, but then again, that that Dungannon do enough to score. I wasn't at the game. You know, was it a comfortable one on Nuri? You know, would would, would the draw be a fair result? It's, it's hard to know. Uh, you get the rub of the green uh, here and there. I'm sure Dungannon will will get a favourable decision uh, some somewhere down the line. I think I think you know just to just to, the uh, answer your your question. It certainly wasn't a comfortable one. They'll win. Um, I mean, Dane said you know John Gallon had the better chances. Darren Mullen says you know the better chances. I think the answer is probably somewhere in the middle. Um, you know, would a draw have been a fair result? I don't think anybody could have complained if a draw if, if it had been a draw. You know, um, it's just one of those things. Just by the way, it's an absolute cert that later on throughout the, over the course of the season, something very similar is going to happen against Nuri, and I'm going to be absolutely completely whinging about it and crying about it in social media. So you know, I mean, I get, it's, it's sort of getting getting the speak in before it happens the other way. You know, <laughs> that's the, that's the joy of football, isn't it? We know that somewhere down the line it's coming. It's called karma, and we all we all we all get it. Uh, you mentioned Darren Darren Mullen, Newry City manager, and I was reading one of his comments there. We we one of our sister papers we have in, in Newry, the Newry Democrat, and some of his quotes there. Looking ahead to Korean, and he seems quite uh, he seems quite I'm not going to say overconfident because that would be wrong, but he's quietly confident about coming up to Korean. I think he said something along the lines that yeah, we know it's going to be difficult, but we've been playing well. Um, Nuri heading it goes we go there full of confidence. Um it's a very good squad and it's become difficult to get into the squad, he says. Um and he says we have gone to Korean before and beaten them and we'll do our homework. And I mean that to me, Gareth sounds like a manager that is not just going up to Korean just for the for the for the night out on Friday. He's he believes in his players. He said he's going to do the homework and they're going to try and win the game and from a Korean perspective, I mean that that there's warning bells ringing there, isn't there? Well, I mean, I mean, I suppose it's having interviewed Darren. I mean, probably more times than, than he'd hit than he'd wanted to have been interviewed by me over the course of the years. Which is um, probably twice. <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, you know, it's sort of similar comments to what he, he sort of makes. You know, coming into a game, <clears throat> particularly after a win. Um, but in saying that. I mean, the confidence is is relatively high. It's not it's not overconfidence by any stretch of the imagination. And he always uses this term where you know you never get too high after a win, you never get too low after a defeat. And you know we try to keep things sort of you know you maybe something might a defeat might fester off for twenty four hours. You might celebrate a win for twenty four hours, and then that's it done and, and, and put to bed. Um, <clears throat> I think that the important thing from Yuri's perspective was. John McGovern, who's obviously near his under twenty or Northern Ireland under twenty one international, is out for about two and a half, three months after tearing his groin. And he missed the game on Friday night. Uh, he also missed the League Cup game win against Lamavadi. And you know, we have a, a, a plethora of good players in that in those sort of positions, those wide sort of forward areas. So 
it's not maybe as big a loss as people sort of think it is. You would still rather have John there, absolutely, because he's he's a hell of a player and he's going to get even better. But I think just touching on the squad that he mentioned, you know, he's happy with the squad. It has become difficult to get into the squad. I mean, to be quite frank, our two best players are two player this season are two players that maybe wouldn't necessarily have been guaranteed starters coming into the season, and that's Lorcan Ford uh, and Dale Montgomery. Um, I mean, Lorcan was being kept out for, well, he played quite a few games, I suppose, when he came in last season, but, you know, a lot of people would have had John McGovern out wide and James Thielen out wide, and even before John got injured, Lorcan's played every every game this season, started every game this season, as far as I can remember, has been absolutely phenomenal. He's matured since he left Linfield, and he went to Dungannon, went back to Warren Point for a bit, went to Lockall. Seems to be happy playing his hometown club. Um, Dale Montgomery, many people with all good friends with Dale, but People might have looked at him and said, well, Oren Casey was in last season on loan from Cliftonville. I think Nuri were, were, were looking to get him back because he was so successful when he was there. Dale's come in, and many people wouldn't have been surprised if Dale had left in the summer. Um, And he's come in, and he's played at the defensive midfield road, and he's been absolutely superb. So that's probably the difference in that the players that Nuri and Darren expect to play well are playing well. It's maybe the players that, you know, people are saying would have been the first names down the team sheet and that's not any disrespect to Dale or Rorgan. they've come to the fore and you know the, the, they're firing all cylinders you've, you've three or four others that maybe haven't quite hit top spot yet so that's the sort of exciting thing from a new perspective there's confidence not overconfidence but as I sort of touched on earlier they'll go there and they'll try and force the issue as opposed to Trying to you know sit back and then yeah. hit, or hit 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 cheapers hit hit Coleraine on the counter attack and and you know sort of be scared. You, you give Coleraine the massive respect that they're due, given the, the the breadth of talent that you have in your squad. But they'll go and try and impose themselves in the game, and that's what makes them for decent games. Because uh, you know I think on that pitch, both teams like to play football. Both teams have pace. Nuri have pace coming out of their ears. Um. And which is quite odd, actually, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. The pace comes ah, out. There's a good football, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> mixed, mixed metaphors. But you nearly have that sort of pace, and they are an exciting team to watch. Um, we're up going forward, they're quite a young side and you know, quite lively. So it just depends. Look, we could be sitting here after Friday night and, and chatting afterwards and going, You're absolutely rubbish. What the hell was Darren talking about? You know what I mean? Um, and we will be due one of those sort of performances sooner rather than later. But you know, there's there's certainly confidence among the supporters. You know, there's hopefulness. I suppose is probably the best way of putting it, rather than rather than overconfidence or confidence itself. Hi, Johnny. From a Korean perspective, listening to everything that Gareth is saying, and, and from what you know about Newry City and, and and the players that they have and the talent, if you were <clears throat> if you were in Oren's position, I mean, how would you be approaching the game? And uh, I mean, what what would be what would be your team talk? You what would you say? get out, get a fast start, maybe try to score early and assert some sort of dominance on them, given the fact that they're newly promoted and they're full of adrenaline and full of ambition, if you like, at this early stage of the season. So is it important that Corrine get off to a, a fast start and, and get a goal maybe and try to establish some sort of degree of um, control on the game? I think given your recent results, Orn will be well aware that they'll go in with a, with a spring in their tail. Um, and, and they'll be up for it and everyone else and, and whilst they are a newly promoted club it's not as if they're they're there for a free hit but, but they'll know you know that you know they'll definitely have a go at us and, and the big thing I took from what Gar said they've plenty of pace and you know sometimes we, we might struggle if the ball gets in behind so I think Warren will be, will be wary of that there but you know 
Goran will just concentrate on what he has with Corey and I think you know we need to concentrate on ourselves and what, on what we can do. Um, you know, we're, we we were at home there, Diggle and Avon recently put in a really bad performance, and I know Warren will, will want to put that right as well. So yeah, look, we just need to concentrate on ourselves. If we can get a couple of early goals, great. Um, but we we can also see games out and dig games out as well, which, which is a good sign too. So yeah, look, um, I don't think we have any goals in that game anyway. So I think the first goal will be will be crucial. I think if Corey can get it early, who knows what can happen. If if Yuri get it early, they may be able to sit back as, as what Garth said they would they were able to do and then spring on the counter. So there's so many different uh, variables uh, as to what can happen. And then of course team selection is a big thing as well. I mean a couple of games this year, Oren has maybe chopped and changed a little bit. And Connor McKendry started against Glentorn last Saturday. Arguably didn't have his greatest game, but then went on and scored a hat trick. And in, in, in midweek, you mentioned at the top of the show, um, and that will have done his confidence the world of good, won't it? That, that's Connor written all over it. And, and yes, I don't want to you know disrespect the institute because they're always operating at a different level against or two two Glentorn. But honestly, when you see some when you see the two goals, what some of the, the two what two of the goals that McHenry scored. He, <laughs> he has it in the locker and it's so frustrating that's just Connor. Um and yeah, look, Connor didn't have his greatest game against Lentorn. I'm sure he'd be the first one to say that. But hopefully getting that them them three goals um through the week. Um com- the goals breeds confidence regardless of who it is and hopefully I can give him a bit of a spring and step to, to kick on and, and, and add a few more now now in, in in the league. Yeah, I mean he is he's a bit inconsistent as you say, but the t- there's no doubt there's undeniable talent there and it's it's one of them that you're just Trying to get it out of him on a consistent basis, isn't it? Yeah, he's a typical winger. You know, we we you know we we always we always seem to demand so much from, from our wide men. But I suppose if they were consistently in eight or nine, ten, ten, uh, they they wouldn't be playing in this league. Um, as well, so and that's just how it is. You, you want you want them. I think I think a winger if they're if, if they're quiet. I, I don't think a winger can't play bad without looking terrible, if that makes sense. They always have to be at something or create an assist or you think, oh, if they don't do that, you think Chickers had an awful game. So it's probably the hardest position they probably not have a, they, they, if, you, if you don't impress us, they, they, they look bad as well. That's a fair point. Gareth, I've got to ask you, from a, a Newry team point of view, Jamie Clark, I mean, is he likely to figure on Friday? There's been a lot written about him for, for perhaps anybody who doesn't know, um, I mean, Jamie Clark, another GAA crossover player, uh, talented GAA player with Cross McGlenn and, and formerly with Armagh as well. But there's been a lot written this season just about his position. You know, he, he obviously wants to play a bit with Front Nury, but also at the same time, he has commitments with Cross McGlenn Rangers. I mean, what's the latest situation there? Um, in terms of, I suppose, just a very briefly to put it in context, Cross McGlenn is an Armad Championship game last week. Uh, the discussion was that um, he was expected to certainly start. Well, certainly he was expected to be in the in the squad. Um, he he, he was on the bench, but we we'll, don't think we don't think it was named. But certainly didn't come on, didn't start. And the, the talk was was that because he played for Newry in the Middlestra Cup. Uh, the previous. Previous Tuesday. Now he'd been training away. He'd been training away with both clubs, and neither, as far as I'm aware, certainly in your area, have had no issues. And I don't think Cross McGlenn have either. James Taylor's come from Cross McGlenn as well, and sort of plays the old game for the, the Cross McGlenn's under 19s. He's only 19, and um, still plays for Newry. So, um, I think looking at it purely from a from a Newry perspective, um, I think those who know Jimmy Clark and have seen him play for Cross McGlenn and Armagh in the past, I mean. You know, you're talking for five, six years. Was arguably one of the best 
Gaelic footballers in Ireland. Um, and I suppose he, the, the the term used before his name off more often than not is mercurial. Um, I knew the, you were going to say that. Yeah, that's the thing because it's written about so much. You know the mercurial Jimmy Clark, and I think that probably does him a disservice. Um, it's because of how he looks in the ball. He looks so languid, and uh, you know, just like he doesn't have a care in the world. But then he can just turn on the afterburner, skin four players, stick the ball over the bar, stick it in the back of the net, and it, people forget he's thirty three years old. Um. He was playing, you know, he's, he's gone traveling. He played for uh, a team in like a the MLS development league for a year in New York. He came back and played for a local team in the, the local Caribbean league in Uri. Um, he had he was offered another 21 contract with Dundalk back in the day and declined it because he was playing Gaelic. So he said to me when he signed, he wanted to play. This is what he wanted to play. He wanted to play soccer. And I hate that term. Just gonna just gonna point out that football always will be football to me. But anyway, um, from that aspect, you know, he said that was a sort of first love. And I think from the idea, of, as far as I'm aware, he contacted the club. He contacted Darren and asked if he could have come down and train, essentially try out. No errors and graces about him. Not I'm Jamie Clark. Therefore, I am automatically good enough. Um, Darren obviously saw enough of him in a few training sessions to get to give him a run. To me, it's a it's a it's a shot to nothing. You know, it, it could end up that you know it could turn out to be a massive success for for both him and for the club. It could turn out maybe nothing comes of it. Um, you know, I think somewhere it'll be in the middle. He's a sort of from what I've seen, he, he didn't come on last week against Dungannon, which was maybe a wee bit surprised at, but he's come on pretty much in every game. Uh, the other he missed the Carrick game because he wasn't registered in time the first game of the season in the interim four games he's come on in every game he started in the Melster Cup um, set up a couple of goals he looks tidy on the ball as opposed to being you know the Jamie Clark when he's wearing an Armagh or a Cross McGlain shirt where he's going to skin boys for fun um, very rarely gives it away um, has a turn of pace very confident in the ball deceptively strong I think people underestimate him because he looks quite wary deceptively mm-hmm. strong um, I would be surprised if he doesn't feature at some point or another on, on Friday night um, he's still finding his feet I think he's an asset to Nuri and not and people maybe look at it and go to PR exercise and certainly not and you, the Premiership Club can't afford to do that um, I think there's capabilities there um, he's fitted in thing I liked about him is he's fitted in with everybody he made a point of chatting with his supporters introducing himself as how you doing what's your name my name's Jamie when everybody knows who he is because he's <laughs> such a recognisable face but just a down to earth guy knows a lot of the players um, has undoubted ability whether that transfers on the premiership stage sustainably well we'll see as you say <clears throat> excuse me it's a shot to nothing nothing ventured nothing gained and it could be a win-win situation um, I just wonder, just when I was reading about it, obviously the Cross McGlenn, whether they have a problem with them playing or not, I have no idea what goes on. You know, clubs are difficult, but yeah. surely there can be some uh, agreement again. You know, you look at Owen Bradley, quite successfully transferred from Gaelic and played soccer uh, and then ended up and he was... I think he maybe still play for Glenolan and he's playing for Glenavon and he can combine the two. And, and you know, it seems to be... Work out quite well. I mean, Johnny, it seems like a win-win if you have somebody that's talented in Gaelic, wants to play the bit of the soccer, as Gareth so lovely, lovingly puts it. I mean, surely there shouldn't be a problem, should there? Well, definitely fit as a fiddle, anyway, um, as well. And not even that there, but they bring a winning mentality to you. You know, you look at Gaelic boys are, are rough, or you know, they, they train like hell. They're, they're animals. They hate losing, and 
you know, that's good for any sport in any team environment. So, you know, TMA's done it all and, and won it and, you know, played played at the highest level. So why not bring him, if he's good enough at football, why not why not play? I mean, look at Skinner. Skinner has been the core Ian and, you know, scored the Irish Cup final, won us the Irish Cup. You know, played in Europe, scored um scored a penalty in Maribor and, you know, um, it's, you know, it's, it's just crazy how you can work out, right? and you know that could be one that's just came out of the radar and, and just seemingly worked. And well, funny, funny. I was just looking the other day, and they had a tweet up saying that we were, he was talking a reference in the Jimmy Clark and was asking you know what the crack was, why he couldn't play, and he just happened to put in just I was playing for Ganol the other day and scored two two. So there you go. So he's he's still doing it, and he's I don't know what age is Skinner now, Johnny. Skinner must be what 36, 37? 37 maybe. Yeah, so I think the, the, go, one, yeah. the one thing, just to, just to very briefly, the, the reference to sort of what Johnny said at the start there, sort of winning mentality. One of the things Jimmy said at the start was when I interviewed him, when he signed, was, you know, look, I want I want to play elite sport now. Fair play that he classes playing for Yuri as elite sport. I was delighted with that line, but um, you know, he's like I played in front of you know 50, 60, 70,000 people at Croke Park, so you know. And he's also played in front of probably fifty people less playing in the local Caribbean league. So he wants to play that high, higher level. He says, "I says I like to play under pressure." So I think the more focuses on him, the probably the more he thrives and he and he enjoys that sort of thing. So you've got to you've got to admire that, you know, regardless of whether you think he's good enough or not. Again, that that sounds all very very similar to Skinner as well. He was the exact same. The bigger the stage, the better he played. And the more he loved it and the more Orn knew that he would respond to it and get the best out of him. So maybe it is something within the Gaelic games thing that, you know, that that's, it's it's almost part of their psyche, isn't it? Yeah, I, think, I think so. I think, I mean, you, you don't play to that level, um, you know, without being, without knowing how to handle, setting aside ability, without how, how to handle, handle it mentally, emotionally, um, you know, and, and you know, obviously physically as well, you know. So yeah. he has he has all that in the locker, and I think he's he is ability wise in terms of the, with the ball in his feet is is he's more than capable of playing at this level. So it's whether it's just we seem to be stacked in that sort of position. He plays a sort of a wide attacking player as you would expect. Um, and we do have players sort of in front of him at the moment, but look, you're going to get injuries, you're going to get suspensions. There's absolutely no doubt he's going to get his chance sooner rather than later. I think. Well, it'll be interesting. We'll we'll keep an eye out for him on Friday. Um, right, talking of Friday, I just happened to be looking at the fixtures this week, and I find it quite remarkable in the Irish League and the Premier Danske Bank Premiership. No Saturday matches this weekend. International week. I know. Strange though, wasn't it? But that's why they'll, they'll move them all to the day before. Interesting. Yeah. I interviewed Conor McManaman yesterday yesterday at the Northern Ireland training. And he said, you know, would you like the Gintorn to be playing this weekend? They called their game off, obviously, against Glenavon. Um, you know, just, just to keep the momentum going. He says, well, look, to be honest with you, I'd rather be with Northern Ireland than going down to Moorview Park on a Friday night. And I went, well, fair enough, at least, at least, at least you're honest. You know, I thought that was very honest. honest Absolutely. <laughs> well, what else would they say, I suppose? But, um... Right, we'll, we'll we'll have a look at the games on the Friday. Um, we do Gareth, Johnny, myself, and our, our guests every week. We do like a, a little prediction league. Johnny, I'm going to have to ask you how how's I don't even know how we're doing this in the prediction league now. Well, you were the only one that got one right last week, so you're up to twenty five points. I'm on ten, and the guests are in fifteen. So, and there's only four matches this week, so it's not looking good. <laughs> 41 chance right we'll tell you what we'll, we'll start with our guest this week and we'll start with the match that we've been sort of looking at um, Corian home to Newry City on Friday Gareth now are you going to 
do me a match prediction with your head or with your heart or a combination of both. I tell you what, I mean, like uh, you throwing me in the deep end there. To be fair, <laughs> to be fair. Well, here, well, do you want, do you want me to? I'll, I'll start no, 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 oh, no, 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 no. Not sure, no responsibility. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, well, I'll, I'll try and do it with with my head. Um, I'll go for. Ah, this is gonna kill me saying this. I'll go for. Is it a score prediction? Score prediction. Score yes. Prediction. I'll go for Coleraine two, New City nil. Oh, okay. Now, I'm I'm sort of looking at it from the angle as a pessimist is never disappointed. So you know, oh, I, I I I know what you're doing. <laughs> given this is the official Korean podcast, I'm um, I'm hoping reverse psychology. Uh, I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> I, you're sitting there going, "Yeah, Korean two nil." And secretly, you're going for not a chance. So, um, well, okay, two 0 Korean. Jonathan, um, how do you see it transpiring? Ah, uh, Jamie, it was my scoreline, 2 0. But I will go for. I still don't think there'll be a lot of goals in it. I'm going to go 2 0 as well. Okay. Well, I think, having listened to Gareth bigging up the Newry City players, <laughs> like they're looking world beaters, I think they're going, to, they're going to score. So I will say that they will score, but Korean will score slightly more. So I will go for a, a 2 1 Korean victory on Friday. You nearly because think Johnny, Johnny uh, me and Johnny conferred beforehand and said... You well, would nearly think that. Yeah, I, think, yeah. I think you're conspiring against me here. <laughs> I would just like to add that if Corian don't win on my birthday, I will not be back. <laughs> well, your birthday on Friday? Yep. What age are you, Gabe? Somehow I'm only 28. I know that's a shock. <laughs> I know that's a shock. I know paper rounds have been hard around this neck. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying out. I'm no further comment. I'm staying out of that conversation, so... Um, also on Friday night as well, Crusaders at home to Balamina. Johnny, I'll, I'll turn to you in this one first. Um, Crusaders at home, Balamina, sort of wretched run of form. Do you give them any chance at Seaview? I watched uh, David Jeffries post match interview uh, after the defeat to Carrick. He looks as low as I've ever seen him in football, and I, and I genuinely mean that. Um, whether or not that has a response to the players, it's hard to know. I think he's maybe just getting fed up losing his best players every year and, and you know, and having to pick up the pieces. Um, but then again, you know, football's a funny thing. He'd he done that when he was manager of Lumfield. And, and I'm not, I'm, you know, it's not, no, no disrespect to him. He's probably the best manager, one of the best managers the league's have ever had. I think it's a tough one because Crusaders, obviously, they were brilliant in the second half against Lumfield. I actually go 1 0 down, should it then, because they were far better after that. Um, but Crusaders are a tough place to go. They had a good one against Lumfield. I, I can only see one winner in that, and it's, it's Crusaders. Um, I'm going to go 3 1. Okay, Gareth, do you could they agree with Johnny and his assertions there? Um, yeah, sadly, pretty much I do. I mean, I don't like to often agree with Johnny and much, but um, yeah, <laughs> uh, I. I don't think this is the game where Bal. I do think Balamina will turn it around to an extent. I don't think this is the game to do it. Not at Seaview, not after our Crusaders are coming off that win against Linfield. And as Johnny said, they were super after they, they went behind. Um, I'm going to be a bit more adventurous and say Crusaders to win 4-1. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go... Same margin of difference, but a slightly different scoreline. I think Crusaders are going to win 3-0. I just think 
like you guys have already mentioned, Crusaders are in a good place at the moment. They just seem to be in a, a rich vein of form and just quietly getting results. Ballymena, Johnny mentioned about David Jeffrey, and there just seemed to be something there that there's um, a degree of unhappiness around the club by the looks of things from reading. Like I know social media is no barometer of like of of the truth or anything, but you just read. And you hear and, and the, the feeling and the, the look of the thing, and just things aren't right there at this moment in time. So I just don't see them being able to withstand Crusaders. So 3 0 to Crusaders for me for that one, Johnny. No problem. Um, mid, mid East Antrim Derby, that's a, a tasty looking game, Johnny. Carrick at home to Larne on Friday. I mean, that's that's a tasty one. Yeah, I've been really impressed with Carrick um, so far this season. They're sitting on sixth. Uh, one away at Balmina. Um, Drew, I think at Glenavon beat Lumfield. So, yeah, I actually fancy him to get a result. I, I really do. I, I don't. Um, I really, really do. I, th- I think that'll be a draw. I think maybe a red card in that as well. I know we don't get any bonus points for red cards, but I'm going to go for a for a one all draw on that one. Okay, um, Gareth. I mean, not as I said, it's that's an intriguing looking fixture, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just I just one of my observations is just that you're waiting t- until we give our predictions. Oh. <laughs> is well, anyone, you know what? Anyone, I'm, only, I'm only doing that in no. the spirit of being the host and I will tell you right, I'll I'll give you my name. <laughs> Are you gonna be like that? You're the first guest that's ever said that. <laughs> no, <laughs> I won't have You'll not be invited back. We'll um, keep it as it is, we'll keep it as it is. Right. Um, no, no, I'll I'll give you my I say Carrick will win two one. I just think Lauren, I just don't know if I fancy going to Carrick Belfast Luxor Arena on a Friday night because we played Carrick up there three, four weeks ago. It wasn't an easy game by any stretch of the imagination. And I think Carrick now have a lot more firepower than they had previously. They've got obviously Emmett McCocken, Curtis Allen, two ex-Korean players that we know very, very well. They have other players. They can mix it. They can score. I just, I just wonder about Larn. You know, I know Larn play nice football and all the rest, but they need to have the stomach for the fight there. So, with that in mind, I'm going to go Carrick two, Larn one. Now you can go, Gareth. Thanks, David. Appreciate it. Um, I think, I mean, again, to almost use cliches the whole way through this, but the pitch will be will play a massive part in it, in my opinion. No, no, you should say it, a great leveler if you want to. Oh, I, I, I was going to, and I, try, I was trying, I was trying to, you know, not use it. the cliche count going. <clears throat> no, I'd be, I'd be taking, I'd be through the roof. The counter would be broken, but I, <laughs> um, you know, obviously, Lauren are coming off, you know, Lauren are used to not the play the great passing team, they, they keep the ball very well. Carrick, um, you know, I don't want to say the bubble's going to burst, um, but you will need to bear in mind that whilst they do certainly have a stronger side this season than they had last season, in most people's opinions and mine included, uh, they started the season sort of similar in a similar vein last last season and then completely tailed off. Um, I do think Lauren with the addition of Leroy Miller. I mean, if there's a, a, a player like Leroy Miller, I think that's part of the reason my Balamina have been. Uh, so off the boil this season um, and part of the reason why I think Lauren will have a bit more sort of longevity and a bit more steel about them I think he's one of the best midfielders in the league and have him in the team every day of the week for that reason I'm going to say that Lauren will edge at 2-1 just to be different just to be different Johnny did you give a, a score for that one yes yeah one each Ah, uh, sorry, I forgot. <laughs> and then the final game um, of the weekend, sorry, Friday night, is there's another interesting looking game. 
Dungannon switched at home to Portadown. I mean, if ever there was a game that somebody needed to win, that is the very, very definition of it. I mean, Gareth, who would you like to go first in that one, seeing it's now your show? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll go first then, Damon. Um, <laughs> that's interesting. You know, I feel like I'm not going to be welcome to the Coleraine show. Nah, guys. You'll, you'll be all right. Um, Johnny, I'll even get you a cup of tea. You'll be all right at halftime. <laughs> In terms of, I mean, the way I was actually looking at this earlier in the week, and you know, it's the two teams with, with zero points, so somebody's going to come out of it, you know, <laughs> or both potentially, you know, uh, with a beneficial result. Um, Portadown just seems to be gradually maybe not getting the results, but gradually maybe improving, getting a bit of cohesion. They brought in so many players in the summer. Um, Dungannon, without a shadow of a doubt, signed better, but maybe they're in a similar boat where their players just haven't gelled quite yet. Um, so on that note. Uh, it's going to be a draw. I'm going to go for um, one each. That's probably not a bad show. Johnny, do you want to have a go at that one? Yeah, that, that if you could go any scoreline for that. Um, I don't think either of them will want to lose, so I don't think there'll be many goals in it. Um, but I fancy Dungannon in home territory. Um, Dane Shields will ride them up, so I'll go for a 2-1 Dungannon. I genuinely just do not know about that one because... I know you said Dungannon's at home, and I'm just trying to think. I'm just trying to think who they have up front to try and score. I know they've got Big Joe, McCready Magic up front. Maggie um, O'Connor coming off the bench. Yeah, yeah. Neither have really hit the ground running, though, have they, to be fair? And, and Porter Down or something very, very, very similar. I mean, I'm just trying to struggle to think who. And I know from interviewing Paul Doolan after the Korea match at Shamrock Park, and he mentioned something what you said, Gareth, about the players. He's trying to get them to gel as they're playing, and yeah, and that's never easy. And I was like me trying to get my golf swing when I was playing last week, but that's another story. That's a whole but, other um, podcast, that Damon. That's a that is a whole other podcast. So on the basis of that, I am going to just say I don't really know, and I'm just going to go for a scoreless draw because I can't think of anything else to say on that one. So a nil-nil draw, Johnny, for me. Thank you. No problem. Um, and that is it. There's no matches on the Saturday and none on the Sunday. Um. Yeah, I'm just thinking, Johnny, I'll speak to you in this Friday night matches. I know Garth said he liked them, and, and I have no problem with them because it gives us all a long weekend. But I'm just thinking, and it just came into my head today, Today, you know, with the, the whole cost of living crisis and, and this new thing about the money coming through for people with the help of their costs and the oil and the electricity. And I know Colin McKendry had been quoted in the press earlier in the year about saying about maybe moving games earlier on a Saturday. I mean, surely... With all that in mind, Friday night games are they under threat insofar as it costs more for electricity and the floodlighting, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Is that a possibility further down the line in the winter? Obviously, it is. And then, what do you do with the BBC agreement when they when they want to play games on, on a Friday night? There's so many different um, strands. I think there's a few underage or uh, lower league since the seventh year in England. They've already agreed in the winter they play at eleven o'clock or ten o'clock in the morning. They've already agreed that months ago. Uh, I think the third division in Germany, I think, as well. There's something I read over the weekend. Uh, don't quote me on that there. Um, because of their struggle, obviously, but with their links to Russia, they, they get electricity in as well. And it is going to be worrying times. I think I read the New Age room and said that whenever they got a bus, it was £350 and now it's £600. And, you know, how long is that sustainable for? Uh, I think the league need to be a wee bit proactive in that there. I think, you know, 
for example, if we were playing your on a Saturday, can you expect your to be at the show range for eleven o'clock? You know, you, you so many different things they, they weigh up. I think it's unrealistic. I think obviously if we're <coughs> maybe you know maybe Balmina or you know maybe home to a Belfast team, you know, maybe bring it back earlier a wee bit as well. It's just it's something maybe for for powers to be and, and money as well. And in terms of Friday night games, I I don't mind them. I think a home games are on a media on a media side of things. It's always busy, um, getting everyone prepared, but. I, I don't mind them. I think if you can get a good crowd in, I always remember Lauren last season, um, at home when we beat the 3-1, and the show rounds are really, really good at night time when it's packed and full of people. So, yeah, I, I, I don't mind them. Um, But something about a Saturday going to football matches always resonates with me too. So a mixture um, a mixture um, would, would probably do me. But in terms of the, the winter, yeah, I think November, December, January, there's probably a room for, for discussion there. And I think, you know, if two clubs can, you know, say Glenavon and Gallon, they're not too far away. If they, they can agree, they, they, they kick off earlier, they, they save a few pounds and, and, you know, I, I don't see any reason why not. Mm, Gareth, has it been mentioned or discussed or is it on the agenda at, at, at a club like Newry as well? I mean, you're in the border area, you know, it's you're maybe a distance away from some clubs, for example. Is the economics of the situation a bit worrying for a club like Newry? I think the economics for clubs like 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 Signory and you know the, probably the, the bottom half clubs, they're gonna it's gonna have to be an issue. Not necessarily worry, but it's certainly gonna have to be something that's talked about if it's not already being talked about. Um, I mean, I know from speaking to them that one of the best mates is the vice chairman of the club, and he's the same age as me. And um, you know, he was saying like how much it costs just to turn the floodlights on, you know. We were sort of happy getting drawn away to Ballyclare on the league on the league cup on a Tuesday night because it doesn't it doesn't cost you anything in terms of you know, putting on the floodlights in the ground. So it's it's you're now looking at at expenses saved as opposed to you know um you know what putting money putting money out you know you don't mind paying for a bus but having to put on the the floodlights and, and all the rest the electricity that goes with it you know and so it, it's a tough one it, it's. Hopefully it doesn't get to the stage where you're having to move games um to times that maybe you wouldn't necessarily have moved them to simply because you if you get I think to be honest with you, if you get in the stage where you can't turn the floodlights on and it's gonna cost you too much, um then really you would probably need to take a deeper look at your at your overall financial situation, in my opinion. And that's from a club perspective. In terms of just the actual Friday night games are huge for Nuri. I I can't I can't overstate this. The the Cornbane League where you're talking maybe twenty to twenty two teams plus sort of hangers on supporters uh play at two o'clock on a Saturday afternoon and it's always been that way. They won't change them. And I think the only time they changed them was when Yuri got the League Cup final in two thousand nine, they called off all the games, you know what I mean? And and just to get it make sure Yuri got a crowd, if you like. So we can honestly expect probably an extra third on the gate, possibly double your gate at times um, on a Friday night than if it would be on a Saturday at 3 o'clock, regardless of who you're playing. So Friday night games work for Newry in terms of getting the crowd in. So you have to look at it. Does that balance out? Then, you know, if you're playing at 3 o'clock on a Friday and, or on a Saturday and a Saturday in the winter, you haven't put your floodlights on in the second half anyway. You know, so there's going to be a need, need to be a bit of sort of, you know, pros and cons and a bit of tallying up as to what you what you should do. Um, I... As I said, it shouldn't get to the stage where clubs are financially in difficulties if they're having to play a game and turn on their floodlights, in my opinion. But by the, by the flip side of that, you know, we're all, everybody's sort of struggling. It doesn't matter what way you are, unless you're a multimillionaire. Um, and there's not too many of them. But the one, so, thing, the, the one thing I've noticed is, and a few, I know a few, you know, 
I think Lauren haven't kicked off at three o'clock at home once this year. I think, and if you look at their fixtures coming up, they're all half five on a Saturday night or a Friday night. So obviously a three p.m. doesn't work for them. So be interesting to see if they're, and I think they're the third highest attendance so far in the league average. So maybe that's something that, that has worked for them. And I think junior football, I think the Koreans a massive, you know, it kicks off at eleven or one o'clock in the afternoon. So they struggle to get people to showgrounds too. So it could be something to to to, to, to think about. Yeah, certainly the Friday night games for Korean works well. And it's not only getting them through the door, Gareth, either. It's getting them in and then they're spending money in the bar and the social club, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it, it, makes a, it makes a hell of a difference, doesn't it? Um, well, here, guys, we've, we've went through a good bit there. Um, I'm looking forward to actually Friday night um, after everything that we've talked about. I'm actually genuinely looking forward to watching Newry City because... You know, I know from last year they played some great stuff that were exciting to watch, and it sounds like they're just carrying on from where they left off, Garth. So, I mean, genuinely, I'm I'm looking forward to to watching the game on Friday. Um, well, I hope I haven't built them up. Uh, I've tried to be <laughs> moderate in my prayers. Hope, hope I haven't built them up too much. I mean, I'm probably going to get absolute dogs abuse after. Darren Dar- Dar- Mall's going to be having to work with you now. <laughs> I know. I think I'm, I think being rel- relatively measured. You know how biased I am, so I try to be yeah, as no. measured as humanly possible. You, you, you'd be no worse or better than Johnny, I'm sure, in the opposite camp. True, true. Hey, uh, look, you have to support your team. That's it. That's it. Well, that's it. What, what, what's the point otherwise? And to be fair, I know we're all passionate supporters and stuff. We are professionals at the same time and we do go and when we do our work, we are dispassionate and objective. So uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to keep it there. Garth, I'd like to say thank you very much for joining us. Um, great to see you and we'll see you again on Friday. Appreciate it. Thanks very much for having me on. Lad. Not a problem. Glad to see you. And Johnny, thank you as ever. Um, great catching up with you. Um, and thank you again to our sponsors Radio Taxis, much appreciated and to all the other club sponsors as we mentioned earlier, times are getting harder um, so all the support is uh, essential and valued by the club as well and the supporters so until then, uh, we'll see you all again next week on after Friday night and hopefully we get a, a positive result thank you, goodbye <laughs>